You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show, the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate in the show, please feel free to do so. The phone number here is 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. And we do have new callers, believe it or not. It's been a while, but uh, what's going on, new caller? Hey there, this is Carly Ray from Western Wisconsin. And I just wanted to call, and, well, I couldn't sleep, so I figured, why not call in? There you go. First time. So I uh, listened to your your pod about the crap. Will you please just delete this and let me call back? <laughs> <It's> so dumb. <laughs> okay. I'm hanging up, and I'm calling back. Thanks. Bye. Oh, I should do the right thing and delete that, but I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not going to. So real quick, let me just walk you through that. You know how... <clears throat> On the Googles, I can kind of read. I'm about a sentence or two ahead. First thing I saw was the name. And I thought, I think Google got that wrong because females don't really call into the show. And then it was a female. And I was like, oh, sweet. And then I start reading and I'm just kind of skimming and I see your pod crap. Please delete this. And I thought, dude, I'm about to get roasted here. <laughs> like, I don't know why this lady hates me. But she's about to call me crap and tell me to delete my podcast. So I'm glad. At least it hasn't happened yet. Let's let's uh, let's hope. Fingers crossed. I don't get friggin' roasted here. Hey, this is Carly Ray from West Wisconsin, and Hi. I was just calling to let you know that I really enjoyed the pod that you dropped about the EPA for the first week compared to subsequent weeks during the season for the Packers and some of the other teams. It was just great to hear the breakdown, and I appreciated how in-depth you went with all the stats, so thanks a lot and keep it up. Nice. I didn't get freaking stomped out. That's a relief. It was the opposite of that, actually. No, good, though. I'm glad you enjoyed the, uh, the podcast. I do want to elaborate a little bit on that tomorrow. I don't know if I'm going to get an opportunity or not. You never know how these things turn out. But One of the things, you know, I I think I said it. I never know what I say. But my intention was to say, you know, none of these things are airtight. EPA per play, it's not the be-all, end-all. It has positives, negatives, whatever. I also picked five years because it was a good round number, and it's roughly the time that uh, the Packers were, you know, in this era. And, um, but one of the issues with that would be some of the other teams are going to be in some weird situations as well. They, they maybe have been in one or two years. So it's five years might not be the best for every other team, which is what you're comparing against, at least in some of those we were. But I think one of the biggest issues is, and I, I haven't even necessarily fact-checked this, but I'll take it on its face. Do you know how long it's been since the Packers have played at home in week one? Five years. On the nose. You know what else somebody told me that I haven't fact-checked? That if you just bet on the home team you win about 80% of the time. Now, that's probably an inflated number. I don't know. But the fact of the matter is, if there's any truth to that, then the Packers are pretty close to where they should be. Because in five games, at 20%, you should win about one. 
right? So is the performance bad compared to normal? Well, yeah, you're you're on the road. So again, I I want to fully flesh that out in terms of comparing what they've done. And, and I, I even addressed this. I think I said I, I wanted to look at uh, on the road and at home, but in a five-year sample, it's going to be kind of skewed. But I think there's still a way to do it to sort of analyze week one EPA per play at home compared to week one EPA per play on the road for each team and then find assume that it's going to be a big drop-off, right? Figure out what the percentage is and then find out is that a normal drop-off the Packers had with just some horrible luck on being on the road or is it even with that baked in, they were still lower, which I would expect that to kind of be the case. And it looks like it's actually four years. The five years must have included this year. So the five years that I did would have included five years ago when it was against Chicago, which we did win, but barely. Which is also worth noting. I mean, we, we faced the Bears week one in, uh, well, this is 2018. So that would have been the year that we massively struggled. And the Bears actually were competent. We still beat them. So never mind. Don't even worry about that. But no, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I always appreciate the feedback. You know, like I've said before, I never know what people like or don't like. You just kind of stumble into stuff and then eventually, usually it's when I go ranting. Eventually a pile of people come around and be like, dude, that was awesome. Otherwise, I'm just I'm just out here saying stuff. What's going on, Steve in Alaska? Hey, Ryan. Steve up in Alaska. How are you up? doing? I'm good. Um, figuring you're doing well. Yes. I don't know why I asked it. I've discussed this before. It's a silly question to ask since you really can't answer me and I won't know for days how you are. Um, but... <laughs> Uh, just kind of sitting there listening to podcasts and you were talking about that Aaron Rodgers interview. And, um, I had mentioned this before. I think it was one of those ones that got cut off when the, the preseason started and, you know, or had a skin down on some of the calls. But, uh, I was looking at the team and, and looking at how young they are and how none of them had had any real experience with, with the championship years. And a few of them, you know, we're there for the, you know, 13 win season, but there's no championships then. Okay. The team didn't feel strong and good about itself. It felt a little down about itself. Uh, you know, according to the Tunyon interview. Um, but I think this team that Love has doesn't have any of that experience. So it doesn't have that pressure. And especially now that Rogers is gone, there isn't that guy that the league talks, you know, we're Super Bowl contenders because of that guy and you guys all have to carry the weight. Because that guy should get you there. If you, you know, so if you don't make it, it's your fault, not his. Mm-hmm. They don't have that no more because love hasn't been there either. So I, I think this is a good thing for the team. Um, and as you were saying, you know, as Rogers was saying, you, I heard from you, um, in his interview that, you know, this is a very similar situation that to what he was in. And he had the time to figure it out for himself. And while he had those expectations because that was an older veteran team that he inherited, Love doesn't have that heavy pressure because this isn't an older veteran team. It's a team he can take control of and, and he can mold around himself and the team itself can mold around one core unit. And I think that'll be really good for us and it'll be a, a, a you know, a real positive. Maybe not this year because there'll be growing pains. I, I still expect there to be growing pains as everybody's figuring each other out. But I think down the line, you know, next year and the year after and the year after that, there will be, we have the potential to be a real powerhouse because we have the parks. The parks are all reasonably young, and you know they're 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 going to be together. You know, in the division itself, you know, it's the Bears aren't going anywhere for a while because they're going to stick themselves with with Justin Field. Um, Minnesota, who knows what they're going to be? They're they're falling in the limbo. And I should until the Lions do anything, I mean, and I mean win a playoff game, I'm not going to believe in the Lions. 
getting there isn't what they got to actually win a playoff game before I even start leaving in the line. So, all right, man, I got to get back to work. I got four weeks to go. I'm almost done with the season. Go pack. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's just, you know, we talk about things like getting rid of the bad juju or whatever, and I know that can be taken negatively in terms of there's something negative about the players, but no, I, I don't really see it that way, necessarily, right? I mean, clearly there were certain things that were done that contributed to it, but it's basically just that there's been sort of a culture, and even the losing becomes a part of the culture. This, I, you know... When you win, how you win, when you lose, how you lose, you know, just the way things are done, it just it just kind of gets built into your DNA. And so it does feel like there's been sort of a hard reset. And yeah, they're, they're young, and it may be a next year thing. It may be a t- in two years thing. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie. It wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, as much as I would love to go for it this year and next year. But you think about, let's say 2024 ends with the Packers being like on the cusp. Like, they're really close. 2025, the draft is in Green Bay, Wisconsin. You know what I mean? Like, there's just going to be some extra energy if this is now we're talking potentially, could this team take that leap? Could they be the team that is like a legit Super Bowl contender? Kind of like, who would? what would be an example of that? Um, I don't know. I don't remember if people were talking about the Eagles that way prior to their jump, but let's just say that. It would just be kind of a cool thing. And yeah, I mean, it is similar to the Rodgers situation. I mean... Brett Favre and the old guys, they they did a lot of damage, man, in, in a good way. But, you know, there is sort of that. I mean, listen, Brett Favre and same with Rodgers, they just carry so much weight. They really do. I mean, w- when they walk into a room, they transform the room. And, you know, I mean, when the entire organization is built around and based around a guy that's sitting there going, eh, I don't know if I want to play anymore. Uh, you know, he starts weeping, saying, I'm done. And then he's like, oh, I think I want to come back. And, you know, I mean, I, again, I, I, there has never been anybody on planet Earth. I know you're never allowed to say anything good about Brett Favre, but that was my entire childhood. He was the biggest figure ever. He was Michael Jordan for me. Um, and yet still, at the end, I was sitting there going, dude, get out of here. Just freaking go away. It's not because I'm ungrateful. It's just it's it's this is this is getting to be too much. You don't get to hijack an entire franchise just because of what you did in the '90s. I'm sorry. You are a legend for what you did. That doesn't give you a pass to do whatever you want in any way you want. And and again, to hijack an entire organization. I mean, it, this this like is he going to play all the way through freaking training camp? Like, are you kidding me? We don't even know who the quarterback is, and we're we're getting into the off season program. And he still hasn't made up his mind. Like, this is BS, man. This is where I'm, I'm not playing these stupid games. And, you know, it's, it's, it's not like it's just the fans who are thinking that. You think the players aren't? And, and again, they had the younger guys who, you know, I mean, you, you get Donald Driver or whatever, or some of the older guys who are obviously going to be loyalists to Brett Favre and, and are going to say, you know, it's, he's earned the right and say all that kind of stuff. But the younger guys, even though they know who he is, they're coming in trying to compete. They're coming in trying to do this thing, and you realize you have no control over this locker room. You have no control over anything. You can't shift this or do that. It's all Brett Favre. It's Brett Favre and his boys kind of doing things a certain way. And, man, when he left, all of a sudden Rodgers is like, it's my ship now. It's our ship now. 
me and Jennings and, you know, eventually Jordy and, you know, and Driver was a part of it. I'm not, I'm not saying necessarily he was on the outside. Driver kind of had sort of, sort of a Aaron Jones quality to him, I would say. But, but that's the thing. You, you got this new energy now where it's like, dude, this is our team now. And we're going we're gonna to f- sail this ship in the right direction. We're going to do things our way. And look how immediately successful it was. I mean, for crying out loud, in 2009, as far as I'm concerned, if there was any, I mean, 2020 was, if you're picking teams that absolutely should have won, but didn't, 2020's up there, um, 2016, you could say, 2011, 2009, I think 2000, you can make a case that 2009 was their absolute best shot, and I think I've already made that case. That was a year after the guy started. Right, it was it was a slightly rocky rocky first season. Then they freaking dominate in 2009. Then they win the Super Bowl in 2010. Then they are the best offense we've seen in a generation in 2011. It worked out pretty well. And then after that, it it you know got a little bumpy. 2012 was fine, and it was kind of 13, 14, 15, 16, and then 17 was oh no injury oh this sucks and. 18 is, oh, it's over. It's freaking, the, the, the ride's over. And then 19, oh, wait a minute, what's, uh, it's a little rocky, but maybe this Lafleur thing and the Shanahan. Uh, and 20 is, oh my God, we're back, yes. And then when you lose, it's like, well, freaking, if we can't win with that team, we're never going to win. So 2021 was like, we're good, but we're not as good as last year. So what's the point? And that's exactly how it ended. And then 22 was, uh, I don't know why I'm recapping everything, but I'm just saying it worked out pretty well. And that's what it was. I mean, th- there was sort of this... There's a lot of guys coming in and out, but man, there was just some guys. I mean, we're talking offensive line, along with Rodgers, along with the wide receivers, and that was like the crew, you know? And now we got a new crew, offense and defense, and special teams, and coaches. It's all brand new. And I think that's pretty cool. What is that? Why, what is that from? Pretty, pretty cool. I feel like it's the guy from uh, Everybody Calls Saul. Oh, it is. It's it's uh, when he was in the office. Pam was getting a new job. Bing, bang, boom. Okay. He actually did a really good job. I think he would have made a good um, Michael Scott. Anyways, why don't we uh, take a quick break right here. Please remember to check out Old Southern Barbecue at OldSouthernBBQ.com. If you're in the area, please stop in. Check out their, um, well, their delicious freaking barbecue is what you got to check out. Or just call them up and have them bring it to you. Again, if... if I. <laughs> If I had friends that wanted to come to my house and watch a football game, that's what we'd be doing. Be like, let's let's. You remember back in the day when you'd have friends over and everybody pitch in like five bucks for pizza? It's like that, except you're grown ups and you pitch in like twenty bucks and you get barbecue driven to your house. They do have catering, so again, if if you're contemplating that having a party, in fact, if you're gonna tailgate and just like you know what, I'm gonna have them come out. Maybe they'll do. Maybe that drive. I don't know why they wouldn't have them drive out to Lambeau Field. Bring you a spread. Just saying. Otherwise, if you want to do it yourself, they've got all the rubs and sauces that you need, so please check out OldSouthernBarbecue.com. Use promo code PACKERNET15, that's capital P, capital N, PACKERNET15, to get 15% off your order. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Hey, Ryan, Steve again. Sorry for the second call, but I got to ask, man, did you speed up your intro music? Because when, like, the last week, week and a half, when I listen to your shows, I feel like somebody sped up my jazzercise video. (laughs) Everything is like moving real fast. I don't know if it's me or, or if you sped something up. All right, man, bye. I don't think I did. Maybe I did. 
who knows these things, man? I, I, I don't know. Let me know if you agree with what he's saying. I have no idea what he's talking about, but could be. Could be, man. Ryan. Hey. Kyle from Madison. So, What's going on, man? Play boy. So I want to talk about something not related to Bears Packers because I, I just can't even handle waiting anymore. I'm, I just, it's just it's painful dude, physically to me how long it's taking for this. Honestly, if you guys want to just call in and distract me and I'll distract you and we'll distract each other, we'll pretend football doesn't even exist. Like, there's no football game. What are you talking about? This is, it's June, bro. There's no football for a long time. Let's talk about pizza. Let's talk about swimming pools. You ever been in a swimming pool? It feels so good. You just swim around and splash. So much fun. You could, dude, I can do a backflip in a pool. I can do a front flip. I can do a Mortal Kombat, like, flying kick in the water. Because you're, like, on the moon when you're in a pool. You know what I'm saying? You ever try to see how long you can hold your breath? Or, better yet, just suspend yourself, like, on the bottom of the pool, you know, or swim in the bottom like you're a fish, like a bottom-feeding fish? I do that sometimes. It's so peaceful down there. I like to chill at the bottom of the pool. But football? No. There's no football. I don't know what you're talking about. There's nothing going on. Game you did here. So, I was just thinking about this the other day. Okay. And so here's a little thought experiment. Sure. Maybe you've talked about it. I don't know. But it's just kind of fun to think about. So imagine, considering the hysteria we've all just witnessed over, you know, a legit first-round prospect being taken, basically where he was projected, right? Who are we talking about? Okay. Oh, yep. Garbage, wasted pick, et cetera, right? And yes. And then I'd say consensus, you know, he went about where uh, the consensus was he would go. So, I mean, Almost exactly, I think it's all unwarranted takes, to be honest. Imagine, just imagine if the social media imagine infrastructure and the talking head on a thousand news networks, sports news networks, existed in 19, what was it, 91? Oh. When Ron oh. Wolf decided to send a first round pick Dude. to the Atlanta Falcons for a second round backup quarterback yep. who couldn't. Was it Chris Chandler? I don't even know who the starting quarterback was of the Falcons, but couldn't beat him out. Yep. Just as a thought experiment, just imagine the absolute S show that would have been had, uh, you know, had our modern media been in place when that happened. I, I just, I can't even imagine the hysterics of how garbage the Packers were. It, I mean, it, Dude, you know what would be so much fun? I, I, It's sad that there weren't podcasts back then, and obviously if there was, I would have been a small child at that time. But I, I just think how incredible that would have been to be a Packer fan. I And I don't know how what my take would have been. I'm guessing it would not have been positive on that, right? Like, bro, what are you doing? It's a first-round pick for this guy? Like, I don't understand. But who knows? Like, at the same time, and I don't understand any of this because I've never been through it, you're a desperate team, kind of like the Jets with Aaron Rodgers. Or I mean, obviously a different situation with Rodgers as compared to Brett Favre. But at least insofar as, like, just a desperation swing. Like, I don't care, man. I just need something. Just give me something. Anyways, what would be super cool, and it would be probably not very easy to do, but do, like, a this might be, like, an off-season thing, a podcast for like a week 
pretending you're in like 1990 or 91, 92, whatever, whenever you decide to do it, try to see if you can compile like, you know, what happened during like over the course of a week or something just to try to get in that headspace and just kind of have fun with it. I think that'd be kind of cool. And obviously you can be biased about it. And, oh yeah, I'm, this is the greatest move ever. I think it's going to be great. But I think it'd be kind of fun, man. I don't know exactly how that would work, but I don't know. I think it could be kind of interesting. Even if you just, rather than doing like a full week or whatever, just just focus on like key moments. Anyways, sorry, please continue. Just it boggles the mind to think all of these, you know, Colin Coward and Skip Bayless heads exploding uh, over over that move. Um, and it just, I don't know, it just gives me a little resolve to just always remember, and they're always reminding me, so don't worry, but to always remember, none of us ultimately know until we know, and these blowhards know even less. All right, talk to you later. Well, I mean, it's a good point, and it, it makes me think of the fact that, you know, we talk about how, you know, Bears fans or whoever, everybody thought the Packers were done after Brett Favre. But it's actually more than that. Because like you pointed out, the move for Brett wasn't supposed to work. That was stupid. We were, it, it's, I don't want to say we were done. It's toast because we were not very good to begin with. But you could even argue that, that the team was decent under Don Mikowski, right? They had a ch- they were playoff contenders or whatever the case may be. So it's like, well, not now you're done. Now you're toast. You got this far of idiot and it's over. And look what happened. And then when he was gone, it was supposed to be over. And then also, don't forget 2018. I, I, I thought it was over. A lot of people thought it was over. This is it. You know, not to say that Rodgers is going to leave immediately, but clearly the magic is gone, and you don't just bounce back from this. This is not going to be like an immediate turnaround, and it was. We're right back on our feet. So, listen, it doesn't mean we have to look at that and go, well, then def- obviously we're going to be good, because that's not reality. But we've seen this team perform freaking miracles. One after another, after another, after another. And if nothing else, it should at least give us pause to give them an opportunity to see if they can be right about stuff. Just saying. Hey, Ryan. Hey. Steve, up in the last we were going to do this. That was the boys. Had ourselves some drinks. But I came back home and I was watching Aaron Nagler. And, uh, we were talking, uh, somebody came up with a question about the Packers-Bears rivalries and, and about if anybody on this team still understands what that rivalry means. Uh-huh. And I'm I'm really thinking the whole question was based more importantly on whether important players, i.e. the quarterback, understands the rivalry. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking coming into this game, because this is going to be the very first game of his starting career, that Jordan Love should really understand this rivalry. He spent three years sitting and watching Aaron Rodgers play the Bears. He saw the I Still Own You game. I think he gets the pressure of coming into this game and the importance of, I want to beat this team because this is our rival. Now, Anything that goes on after that, I can't tell you. But I think this this is this is going to be like the defining defining moment for a young player's starting career. As long as he plays well, we could all go, oh, it's all good. But really, the wins what matters. 
So I haven't said anything up until this point about it, but seeing this statement and hearing this question, it really made me think that he's got to win this game because it's the Bears, and this is his going to be his number one rival, and he needs to win his first game against them because that's just a precedent. So I'm going to take my ass out. Sorry about that. Lakers, I don't think you got to boot that. Yeah, we'll Go, Pat, go. <laughs> take it easy. Bye. It's funny. I actually talk a little bit about that on tomorrow's podcast as far as the rivalry thing. And I, I actually think, yeah, some of these guys don't get it entirely. But it's cool that this is sort of a baptism of sorts. They're getting baptized into the Packers family. Like right now they're a family and they happen to play for the Packers, but they don't understand like they're they're not a family necessarily with the fan base or intertwined with like the history. It's it's just they're they're kind of disconnected in a way. And so, whereas guys like Jaden Reed kind of understand it because he grew up a Bears fan, some of the guys, like, this is where it all came from, Anders Carlson kind of talked about it. He's like, yeah, I don't really know too much. You know, we'll see. I don't, you know, whatever. But they're going to get it. And when they step on that field, and Soldier Field is going to be on its feet and screaming like they're in the freaking Super Bowl, and the fans are screaming at them and and just seething and foaming at the mouth, they're going to get it. They're going to understand, and and they're partially understanding it as Bears players are out there talking about, I you know, freaking hate the Green Bay Packers. I hate that team. I hate the fan base. I, it's like, the heck is going on out here? Um, even Carlson, another thing he was talking about is like he's he's going to win this or wants to go win this game for uh, for his neighbor. Because, like, he, you know, again, it's not a big rivalry for him personally, and even a lot of the, the players now are kind of like, yeah, you know, whatever rivalry, we'll, it'll, we'll figure it out. But he's like, my, my neighbor is just – He's a, obviously a big Packer fan, and he's got this shirt that he always wears that's like anti-Bears. So he's like, apparently this guy really doesn't like the Bears, so I'm going to win it for, for him. It's like, no, you don't get it. We all hate the Bears, bro, and you will too. But I, yeah, I'm, I'm not as worried about like, well, they don't get it yet. They don't appreciate it. They're going to. And that's part of the thing that's cool is, is these are all just different people from different parts of the country who just happen to become Green Bay Packers. And then they gel together as a family, as this young unit that that grows together and bonds together but it's still the packers right it's not like well we're going to change the way things no nothing changes the green bay packers are what they are the history is what it is the rivalries are what they are and um that's that's going to have to be adapted and it's going to be great to be able to see that um that transformation take place again there was a a comment from jaden reed something to the effect of like no i i'm I flipped on that immediately, you know, forget the Bears, I'm a Packer fan through and through or whatever. So already you got a little bit of that going on, but I'm 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 excited for that aspect of it. You know, I mean, Aaron Rodgers didn't grow up a Packer fan that hated the Bears. He couldn't give a crap. He was a 49ers fan. And then some, you know, 20-odd years later, he ends up being a Packers quarterback that's screaming, I effing own you to Chicago Bears fans. Because he was so freaking fired up and angry at the same time that he blacked out and just started screaming at the fans. That's what happens, dude. So I'm I'm excited about it. I, I really am. I'm excited because they're again, it's the best way I can think to say it. They're they're gonna get baptized as Green Bay Packers, you know, going out there and fighting 
for this rivalry. You know, what, what, whether you want to believe in it, whether you understand it or not, you're a part of it. You are a part of a long legacy. You are a part of a freaking war. It reminds me of that, I think it's the movie I referenced before, Gods and Generals, I think is the one. I think it might have been in uh, Gangs in New York too, possibly. But the idea is these guys get off the boat and then they get handed guns and they say, all right, go to the front line. They don't have any freaking idea what's going on in this revolutionary, or not, it's not the revolutionary war, the civil war in, in the United States. These people are from Ireland, but they get handed a gun and say, go out there and shoot that guy over there. Like, okay, you're in it. You're, you're a part of this now. It started long before you and it'll go on long after you, but you are going right to the front lines. Welcome to the Brotherhood. Hey, Ryan, Daniel from California. What's up? This past weekend, I spent the uh, weekend, the whole weekend, Thursday to Monday morning with my two kids. My wife went out of state to visit her best friend who moved away uh, to Idaho. And I was kind of alone with my kids and, you know, just doing the whole dad thing. And, you know, sometimes you get in deep thought when you're just looking at your kids. And I was thinking about how much fun I had with my kids. And it kind of made me think about Jordan Love, right? And this off season, Jair and Rasul were trying to get in his head, trying to see if they can rattle him. And you know, the poor guy, what happened to his dad? You know, everybody wants to look it up. You know, his dad, um, you know, you know, died early. Uh, you know, unfortunate circumstances on the whole thing of all that, right? And you can't shake a guy like that, man. You know, he was really young and. He really values relationships, and, you know, he's very, you know, he's, he's very 50-50, right? He's not too high, not too low. You know, he brings his people along with him. He kind of pulls guys along, and cause he, he, you know, just he knows, you know, you know the value of relationships and everything, and he's got deep perspective at, at a young age, and, you know, he's not afraid to throw it up there because he, you know, he's, got nothing to lose right he, he you know he's got that he's got that little bit of a you know like you know f- you know ethic mentality right <laughs> yep. so but uh yeah i just was thinking about the, the whole thing with his dad it's just like yeah dude I, he, I think he's got the personality to be successful i'm just excited we got a few days left for the kick you know thursday night and then i once thursday hits you know, there's going to be all this, you know, stuff people can talk about with the Lions and Chiefs. So once we hit Thursday, it's going to go quick, and the season will be over before we know it. So everybody enjoy it for whatever we get. I'm excited. Go Paco. Yeah, you know, and, and trauma like that can do different things to different people. Some people come out of it and they're, you know, they, they have a deeper perspective on life and what's important, and, and it gives them focus and it gives them clarity and it, you know, makes them humble and it, uh, some people they go down a completely different path. They're destructive and um, they're angry and and whatever. So um, I think we know what path Jordan took. And maybe I shouldn't even say as though this was a big changing moment. For all I know, this is how he's always been. But the point is, he he is a um. Well, I'm not going to pretend to actually know the guy, but he he gives the impression of being a, a just a really good human being. And um, I really think that that is. And and again, this will be on the podcast tomorrow. There's a video of the different players just talking about Jordan Love. And I, I think it's real. I mean, it, it, granted, the Packers are going to want to put together some propaganda no matter what, and I'm I'm here for it no matter what. But 
I, I just, I genuinely believe it. You know, a lot of what I do here is just kind of reading the tea leaves, trying to gauge facial expressions and be like, nah, I think he's just saying nonsense. And like, no, I think that's real. And it it's just real. And I actually posted on Twitter, one of my favorite clips from that thing gave me chills all through my body. And it's Devondre Campbell. And he, he talks about some of the generalities, like he can make all the throws and all this kind of stuff. But he says something to the effect of, like, I'll go to war with him any day. And, and it's just a very, like, he looks up at the camera and he's just got a dead serious look on his face. These guys, I mean, I'm going to be dramatic here. Like, they would they would die for him or whatever. But that's 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 what he's done. And it seems odd to us because it's like I've, we've heard him say seven words and he seems kind of soft-spoken. And, you know, he doesn't seem like he'd be the life of the party, although there's pictures that show otherwise of that, too. But no, I, I just think he he genuinely is the kind of person that that people really care about, and and it may may be even somewhat of like a a little brother kind of thing where they rally around him, they they defend him, and and you know they they also know that he he works for them, you know he puts in the work and he does all these things to try to help them and and to get them where they need to be, and I don't know, I mean just just overall there is there's a positive dynamic to the team, and we've seen that. And we don't know to what degree, but it, it certainly seems positive. But I, I really think we maybe underestimate how much of that is driven by Jordan Love. And um, and whatever it is that he's done to get these guys excited and, and to rally behind him. And in such a, I genuinely believe in such a really strong way. I'm, I'm getting the impression that maybe we've all underestimated how much he's captivated this locker room and, and how much support there actually is. You know, we heard... Um, Andrew Brandt talk a little bit about this in terms of, you know, when he was there and Brett was there and Rodgers was there, that the young receivers would come up to the office and be like, dude, seriously, this Aaron guy is legit. Like he's, you know, and they, they rallied behind him. You know, the young guys were standing up for the young guy. And he made the comment, these guys are doing the same thing. And he said it um, as a factual statement. So I don't know if he actually had inside information that that was happening or if he's just assuming that's happening. But, I mean, he made a declarative statement that these wide receivers did the same thing. They marched into, whether it's Brian Gutekunst's office or however that works, somebody's office, and we're, we're saying the same things. Like, this Jordan guy's ready to go. Like, I'm, I'm dead serious. This guy's legit. He's for real. Um, and I think that was also a big part of it, not just the fact that his talent level seemed to be there, but this team is behind him 100%. So I'm, I'm excited, you know, and, and um, yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate what happened to him and Tucker Craft and Jaden Reed all through through these uh, similar situations. And as I mentioned, Aaron Aaron Jones recently lost his father, uh, slightly different. He wasn't a teenager or whatever, but it just it just adds to this almost, I don't want to dramatize something that's, that's negative, but it's almost a storybook that feels like it's being written. And it's such a, it's such a uh it feels like such a storybook that it's almost fake you know what i mean like come on like if it was a script you look at it and be like all right we're laying it on a little thick here you know like how about the quarterback's father passed away and and it made him like this really humble guy like okay and how about like one of the guys on the team just recently lost his dad and they kind of bond over it like oh wow that's pretty cool and then how about like they draft a guy and his dad passed away when he was a teenager like well I guess. I mean, it's, you know, but yeah, that we that could work. And then how about, like, after that, they draft another guy and his dad, like, come on, man. We got to make it a little realistic. But that is a situation, and, and I think it's just these guys have bonded on a, on a 
a human level more so than just a team level. Like it's not just yeah, we're teammates, or whatever. Your locker's in your mind. It's it's uh, it's like take all those cliches that most teams assume, like it's a brotherhood or whatever. But this is real. And again, that's another thing I talk about tomorrow. Every there's always like an underlying assumption that. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously we believe these things, but the Packers seem to be acting it out. And and, and it really is different than I think I've, I've ever, I don't want to say ever seen, but that I remember since I've been sort of paying close attention. You know, when Rodgers took over, I knew generally, but I, I wasn't so in deep with it where I was like, oh yeah, and then there's the young receivers and they're like this new nuclear, I, I don't freaking know. Just want to watch football, man. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's just, it. I hope I hope it's a good football team. Because it's really going to be sad if we got to break this up because, you know, Jordan's not very good and most of these wide receivers aren't panning out and, you know, the tight ends, you know, craft and whatnot. It's just, it's not really happening. It's It would be really unfortunate because this is such a, such a cool thing that's happening that I really hope can stay together. Anyways, why don't we take one more quick break? Yes, we're doing two ad breaks. It's kind of a, I think maybe a temporary thing for now. I know it's kind of weird and, and maybe slightly annoying to you, but just to be clear, not that anybody necessarily has to care, but the fact that um, we need to kind of do this, you've probably noticed you're hearing my voice in these um, ads more often. It's a big positive for our network. There's been a lot of positive developments recently, and I know we're all very excited about it. And obviously this wouldn't even be possible without your guys supporting us. And again, I, you know, it's, it's the football season, so things ramp up, but you know, the, it went from not too long ago you probably remember the times where I'd be like, all right, let's take a break. And then there's like five seconds of silence and then it's me again. There's nothing there. And now we need a second ad break because we have so many people that that want to honestly talk to you. And they don't care about me. I'm just a vessel. They want to get to you. So anyways, I just wanted to say thank you to you from all of us. Thank you guys for your support. I'm sure in the off season, we'll be right back to <laughs> the way things were. But just for now, we're kind of overloaded with, uh, with support from people that want to be able to, uh, well, support our show. So anyways, I just want to let you know what's going on because we've been doing things for one way for a long time and now we're doing things a little bit different. Just wanted to give you a little bit of an insight as to why that is. And, and, and again, it's, it's, I believe it's going to be a temporary measure, but we'll take a break. We'll be right back. Hey, Ryan, this is Aaron. I'm going to hey. make this a really quick call. I'm currently listening to your podcast from uh, Tuesday and you said that you really, really hope that the, just for the sake of how like brutal the, Philly fans, are you hope that the rivalry with Jordan Love isn't with Philly? With Philly, sure. And so you, we've said in the past how it's like someone brought it up where it was just like where how everything's like repeating itself. And Rodgers came in against the Cowboys, and that became the team that he just like destroyed every time he played them. And then the same thing happened with uh, Jordan Love. Um, but I think that would be a really, really good thing um, because then we would have a Philly cheese, yeah, beef or or in another word for beef is nice or another kind of beef is steak. So you'd have a Philly cheese steak. So it'd be like the beef between Philly and the cheese heads. I like it. I don't get the steak so thing, but yeah, deal with it. the brutality the of beef. the Philly. I understand the because beef because it's a cool name. Um, anyways, bye. No, you're probably right. And and to be fair, usually when you whoop on another fan base, although I wouldn't expect this from Philly necessarily, those guys run their mouth like nothing else, but um, a lot of times they just kind of tuck their tail between their legs. You know what I mean? It's They, they don't usually mouth off. It's kind of like, oh, shoot, these freaking guys again. 
you know, it's like the Rams wanting to catch the the Packers early, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> the Rams know we just beat them mercilessly all the time. So they're like, hey, can we catch Jordan Love early before they kind of like practice and stuff? Could be like a, a weather thing too. I don't know, but I that's I prefer to think of it as the other thing. You also reminded me because you're talking about Philly cheesesteak and all that, and I know this wasn't entirely the point, but. I've talked about wanting to do this in the past, and I haven't really done it. And I think it might be a decent idea to try to do it. And I can, actually, this week, thanks to a uh, a uh, listener who sent me a little goodie package. It's um, actually Meathead coined a phrase, which I thought was a really weird phrase, but it just popped into my head. I think it's eat your enemy, which sounds like some weird like war crime. But essentially, it's just like eating food from their region. So you could do you know Chicago-style hot dogs for the Bears game. You could do like a deep dish pizza if you have access to one, get some Giordano's. Or like we got Rosati's around here. Rosati's would be pretty dope. Or, in my case, if I wanted to, and I probably should, I tried it once before and I kind of messed it up. Don't want to talk about it. I'm, I'm a little sensitive about it. I was a freaking idiot and I wasn't thinking. Major oversight. But to make a Chicago-style beef sandwich, those things are dope, man. And uh, again, I had a listener send me a, a pack of goodies, a bunch of good stuff. And one of the things was a little seasoning packet so that you can make the Chicago style beef. So if I can get me a good roast, I think it's top round usually you use, if I'm not mistaken. I can't slice, you're supposed to slice it paper thin, which is impossible to do unless you have a meat slicer. If you have a, a way to do that, let me know. I suppose you can get like a mandolin, but I don't know if that's going to work. Maybe, I don't know. But man, you get that that dip. Even though I messed up the meat pretty brutally, it was still it was still kind of tasty. But that would be an idea. What else is Chicago known for? I should know this, but I guess I don't. Um, so anyways, that was off the beaten path, but that's just an idea. Who do we have? You know what? I shouldn't take up so much time talking about my own stuff. But you got Atlanta. What is Atlanta? I mean, I suppose anytime you're down south, you could just do barbecue or something. <laughs> Get some biscuits and gravy going. New Orleans would be interesting because I don't know about New Orleans food. I really don't. Like, I know about some some different things that I've never had before. be kind of cool to try to do, like, a jambalaya. Maybe do, like, a, a me version of a jambalaya, which doesn't have half the stuff in it. All I know is the flavor is just out of control. People in New Orleans just, they don't have taste buds. <laughs> Everything that's, like, Cajun or Creole is like, holy crap. Is there food in this? Because I feel like I'm eating spoonfuls of seasoning right out of a jar. But it's, it's good stuff, man. Jambalaya just seems like, let's just take a bunch of delicious things and throw it together. And then they throw some crap in that I wouldn't want to eat, but I can do whatever I want. Uh, Detroit. I mean, obviously you got the pizza, but I, where am I going to get that from? Vegas? I don't know. Cocaine? Could get some, get some Coke? I'm just saying. It, it could be it could be kind of a thing. Hey, Ryan. This is Aaron again. Um, Howdy. Just another quick thought. Um, so... I'm glad Aaron Rodgers the other day in that article that interview with Phil Hubert came out and said that this is Jordan Love's team now and he's going to have his own style of leadership and yep. he's going to do his own thing because that's been kind of my whole point this entire time is that like what quarterback, what great Hall of Fame quarterback has become a great Hall of Fame quarterback by copying by mimicking another quarterback that they come after. Like Tom Brady wasn't Drew Bledsoe. Pat Mahomes wasn't Alex Smith. Like we don't want Jordan Love to be Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, right. He's gonna have elements of Aaron Rodgers in his play. But yeah. he's never gonna be great. He's never gonna be yeah. Andrew Luck wasn't Peyton Manning, but I think they both turned out okay. A Hall of Fame quarterback or be anything good. 
he's never going to reach his maximum potential of what he can be by trying to copy Aaron Rodgers, by trying to be everything that Aaron Rodgers was and do everything that he did because it's Jordan Love. Aaron Rodgers wasn't Brett Favre. And that support, I think, is going to get go to Jordan's head. And everything that Aaron Rodgers said is going to give Jordan Love so much confidence. And I cannot wait to see that because just based on Jordan Love's personality, he's going to be a good leader. I like his leadership quality. I like his kind of humility that we haven't seen in a while. And... Yeah, so everything Jordan, or not Jordan Love, everything Aaron Love said about Jordan. I got you. Everything Aaron Rodgers <laughs> said about Jordan Love is spot on. And I can't wait to see his leadership. I can't wait to see what he does with the team because it's going to be awesome and refreshing. Um, so hopefully Jordan Love can reach his best Jordan Love he can be. And see ya. Bye-bye. It's exciting. Yeah, to you too, to to you as well, and also with you, as the Catholics say. Um, what's really exciting to me, and I have tried not to necessarily go there as far as you know, getting my expectations or, or getting your expectations up. The last thing I need to do is start talking crazy and then get everybody all jacked up and be like, "Yeah, Pack Daddy said that they're gonna be so good," and then things don't pan out, and then you get mad at me. Um, but we've seen some unfreaking believable throws. I, I I don't care how many people are going to get pissy about it. I'm telling you, we have seen Aaron Rodgers, Pat Mahomes throws. The only question is, can he do those things consistently? Right? You look at, for example, the the uh, throw to Jaden Reed, if you even know what I'm talking about, over the left side, um, which was a little bit too low. If that freaking ball was a foot higher, that would have been a miraculous playmaking type of throw and it's not just because of you know the arm angle and running to his left or whatever which was impressive but it's escaping pressure right that that's a sack if it's Aaron Rodgers or a throwaway but his his ability to effortlessly just like stiff arm a pass rusher into the ground keep his eyes downfield as he does it just kind of hop out of that like excuse me I'm trying to do some stuff here stupid and then flip his body around throw off his back foot and throw it to a to the right receiver who is open but man, it's a foot too low. If that was just, if it was just there, and if you started to see those things somewhat consistently, dude, I'm telling you, this guy's ceiling is through the roof. His floor, relatively low, but his ceiling is just freaking unbelievable. As far as I'm concerned, there really isn't one, aside from the fact that, like, he's not Lamar Jackson. Like, I, I, I don't, I don't think he has Lamar Jackson's ceiling. The problem, the only problem with Lamar Jackson right now is his injuries. That dude, I mean, there. Everybody talks about, you know, Anthony, or what's his name, Anthony Richardson and Justin Fields and all that stuff. It's like, the guy that you want them to be is already in the NFL. His name is Lamar Jackson. He just he just hurt all the freaking time. So yeah, I mean, I don't think he can be that, because although he can maybe be a, a, a better passer, when you add in the rushing ability and everything else, I mean, he, he Lamar has got to be the most lethal. Now, Pat, obviously, is pretty crazy, but one of the scariest quarterbacks to prepare for has got to be Lamar. So there, 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 I shouldn't even say ceiling. It's just there are certain limitations. He doesn't have that speed and elusiveness and stuff down the field. But aside from that, I, I just I don't see anything that's a barrier. Like, well, he doesn't necessarily make these throws, or he's not the kind of guy who does this kind of stuff. He's a little bit more of this, that, or the other. 
No, he's he's that dude, man. He's that dude. Hey, man, it's Jimmy. Hey. I am listening to you talk about how the Packers start and finish seasons. And um, maybe you're about to talk about this, so, again, I should wait. <laughs> but you do this all the time. You always cut people off to, make, you know, throw sure. thing out there. So I'm just I'm just playing by your rules. Anyway, um, okay. uh, I'm wondering Maybe how much hostile. of that has to do with Rodgers. It feels like an obvious question to me, but the not playing in the preseason, you know, um, the getting older and not caring by the end of the season, perhaps, as we saw last year. I mean, we're looking at the last five years, and uh, and and also, so you know, just curious, like how much of that changes uh, once we now that we're in a, a new era. Uh, I guess we won't know, you know, obviously until until we get out there. But um, it gives me hope that maybe the issue with this slow start and slow finish um, has more to do with Rogers uh, than anybody else. Uh, you know, like maybe by the end of the year. His uh, attitude um, is affecting him and the team so that by the time they get to the playoffs, you know, we've talked about the lack of confidence that they had going in. They feel like frauds and whatnot. Maybe that's the deal, you know. They're not playing a regular season game anymore. It's like the real deal. And so maybe they won't feel like frauds. Maybe they felt like frauds because he was ignoring people and not throwing them, not following, you know, yelling at people all year long. So anyway, um, my hope is that this new uh, love era changes all that. And we can come out playing in the preseason, come out uh, in rhythm week one, uh, and then, you know, feel good all year long and still play well at the end of the year. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Go back. Go. Yeah, I don't remember exactly what I had uh, had said about the issue directly as far as Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it's it's an underlying assumption that that may have something to do with it, right? I mean, I, I, I know... Um, I know that that's been talked about quite a bit, especially on this podcast in terms of, at the very least, I mean, you, you, you don't work out with your receivers. You don't come into OTAs. You don't do anything. I mean, it's just, it's just this, I don't want to do anything in the offseason attitude. And you say, well, it's, it's not just Rodgers that struggled. You look at the PFF grades, a lot of guys struggled. And that kind of gets to your second point, which is, well, there's a culture and there's an attitude that permeates. And, and we saw it now. We'll talk about it tomorrow. One of the comments Kenny Clark has made that you've probably seen was that this is the hardest camp he's done, I think, since he's been here, something to that effect. And you would assume that, I mean, it's entirely possible that it's a coincidence that when Rodgers leaves that suddenly things change up, but I don't necessarily think so. I think that um, Matt LaFleur feels a little bit more freedom to kind of push his guys a little bit, and and the youth does play a part of that as well. we got a bunch of young guys I can push them a little more. But um, I, I think there is, whether it was directly or indirectly Aaron Rodgers, the bottom line is there was a culture, and the the culture was not really conducive for a lot of good things. There was just there's just a lot of bad stuff with that kind of environment that is kind of ho hum about it, you know. And we can pretend. I mean, everybody likes to pretend that it doesn't make that big of a difference. Like, oh, they're professionals; they know how to handle it. Like, bull crap, dude. Bull crap. They're human beings. And you go walk into a locker room that's just got a funk in it, and it, it's going to be a lot harder for you to come through and just carry that same swagger that you got. It's also hard to pretend that it's like, oh yeah, we're we're this Super Bowl caliber team, but yet every opportunity you have to put in the work, I'm talking about the team as far as the schedule, you don't do it, right? You're, you're allowed to practice up to like two hours and you put in 50-minute practices. Half speed this and, and walk through that. 
And then we, we sit all our starters all the time because we're scared. We're just playing scared all the time. I'm sorry, but that, that has negative repercussions. I mean, it's similar to what I said about how the NFL is getting away from, you know, like goal line drills, you know, as, as far like we don't do that stuff anymore. We don't worry about like we don't work as much about tackling and, and, um, and you know, the NFL in a way has kind of lost an edge. And I, I think that negatively impacts the players. It may be the right move, but it's going to have negative repercussions. It's just going to. So, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of variables that could go into that. One of them being they were on the road almost every single one of those weeks, which is going to negatively impact you, especially in week one. So there there are a lot of variables that could absolutely tie into that. And hopefully with Rodgers being gone and there being a new environment and a new um, sort of way of doing things, it's it's going to, you know, make them come out faster, make them just play at a higher level, be ready to play week one. That's That's, that's all we're really asking for here. Hey, Ryan, it's Craig from Indiana. Hey, Craig. Um, getting psyched for the uh, game coming this Sunday. Man. I couldn't remember if this topic had been discussed or not, but I'm thinking about the coin toss. Yep. And if we win the coin toss, do we defer, defer. or do we take the ball? Defer. And I know conventional wisdom is defer it, um, and there's parts of that that I like because our defense can come out there, and if we get a three and out or a turnover, it just starts – eroding their confidence, um, the risk with obviously giving the ball first is that they run down and score on us, which gets them pretty pumped up about their offense. Um, but I'm liking our chances. There is an element of me that kind of likes the idea of taking the ball yeah. and just ramming it down their throat and just this feeling that they would have that, oh, crap, here's here's another quarterback that's going to own us and, and just shake their confidence right from the beginning. But, um, you know, there's a huge risk if we go three and out or if there's exactly. a turnover in that first possession, that would be terrible. Um, so anyway, just wonder where your thoughts were. I guess I'm leaning yeah. towards deferring and letting our defense uh, take the field first and um, and give Love the first possession in the second half when he's maybe uh, calmed down or, or uh, you know, we had to make any adjustments that we might have to. All right, go back, go. In reality, I think that first drive is going to be a little scary. I mean, the Packers, have, from what we've seen with Jordan Love in particular, but the Packers as a whole, they struggle on that first drive, right? That's that's like a, a mulligan drive. It's, it's not going to go well. Conversely, I know some other people had looked at the data last year. The Bears were like the best team in football on their opening drive, or they were one of the best teams. Their ability to, to drive down the field and score, obviously it, it dissipated, but out of the gate they dominated. So, you know, there there's a there's a good chance either way your ability to take the the crowd out of it is is lessened, but I like our chances on defense more. L- defer, let them get out there, trust that our defense will get them off the field. Maybe they get a first down, maybe they don't, I don't know. But just go freaking gangbusters on them, get them off the field, shut up that stupid crowd. Get your offense out there and let's make it a football game. The fear, as I said, is this crowd is going to be at 11. You take the ball, you get the ball. If you throw a pick, it's freaking lights out. Like, we are in a lot of trouble. But even aside from that, if you go three and out or or, or just don't exactly get down the field and their defense gets a stop, that crowd is going to be absolutely out of control. And 
their first drive is going to be likely positive, and they get the ball at the second half when we really could use that. You know what I mean? So I I, I feel like if you crunch the numbers, you're always going to come out defer. And I understand from the standpoint of, like, let's send a message to our own team that I believe in you and we're going to go out and get it. But you can easily do that with defense. Go out there and and shut them down. You know what I mean? So I, I like our chances with our defense against their offense a little bit more, especially early on. Um, the, the odds of success, I would say, are a little bit higher. And so uh, go out there, get the ball back, and let's let's lead a drive and let's get out there. And, and one of the earliest things we need to do is shut up that crowd. So if you can get a big play, if you can get a sack on fields, if you can even, even a couple errant passes, if you can just get pressure on force field to burn it into the ground or some almost picks, this crowd is going to go quiet fast. Because remember, their confidence is through the roof. It's, but it's, it's paper thin, right? Their confidence, if it was a lake, would be 10 miles wide and a half inch deep. They know what happened last year and their expectations are through the roof. And if they start seeing what looks like the 2021, excuse me, 2022 Chicago Bears, they're going to get quiet fast. I don't think it's going to take much to shut them up. I really don't. You get a three and out on them. I think they're going to lose a lot of their steam, especially if it's, if it's some form of domination or causing their offense to just not look very good. You get a couple errant throws. So I, I, I like that. I, I, I want to get our defense out there, and I definitely want as many possessions as possible. And if we have the opportunity to possibly get that double-double, you know, you go down and score, get the ball back at half after the half and go down and score again, I think you, you take that opportunity if you can get it. Let the defense, who has a little bit more experience and whatnot, kind of help to set the tone, settle things in a little bit, and uh, ease our offense out there. But anyways, uh, I'm going to leave it at that. I appreciate everybody's phone calls, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye. taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on that's nice at caskers.com we make this experience easy caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code welcome 10 for ten dollars off your first purchase get ten dollars off your first purchase with code welcome 10 at caskers.com